What's happening, everybody? Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow. Back for another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. You're catching us on a mailbag edition. That's where we ask Dan the fan-submitted questions sent to us on social media at Fan Nation Zags or to Dan at Dan Dickow 21 Dan, thank you, as always, for letting us pick your brain. Let's get to the first question. Following up on the craziness in the kennel, who impressed you the most? Um... You know, I was, I was, uh, the, the easy answer is Braden Huff. He was aggressive, uh, to score and he scored pretty effortlessly, uh, on the interior, which was a great sign. Uh, he was aggressive, which you like to see, but, uh, unfortunately on the defensive end of the side uh, of the floor, he committed four fouls. Um, so that's going to be a work in progress, but that he's the easy one. I, I think the other one, um, or you might have to sift through some things a little bit, uh, would be Nolan Hickman. You know, I think he showed a comfort level of kind of making the right reads and pick and rolls, uh, whether it was to score it, whether it was to move it. Um, he split the pick and roll a couple times. I think one time he hit a floater, the other time he split it, kicked it to a guy, uh, who, who didn't make the, sh- the, the shot up on the, the, the pass, but I think Nolan looked really good. Um, you know, you can kind of go on down the list of everybody. Uh, I thought there were lots of positives. I think uh, Kronovich, and, and bear with us, we're going to get the name right. I know a couple people were not happy with Greg Heister and I uh, during the kennel craziness in the kennel broadcast. Pronounced it the way I was told. We will get it dialed in for the regular season. Um, so we'll go from there. But he had some great moments. Um, I thought Ren, Ryan Nemhart did a nice job of pushing the pace getting other guys involved. He didn't score it the way that he was capable of, um, you know, and then Dusty Stromer in, in steel, neither one of them shot it great yet, but you see the ability that they have to stretch the floor and the pro- problems that those guys are going to pose. Next question we got is regarding Graham EK and his health. If he is not able to go at the beginning of the season, how's that going to potentially impact the starting lineup? Well, that's, uh, that's, definitely a question mark and you know hopefully uh he'll be fine my understanding is it's just simply one of those precautionary things where in the preseason for guys who have come off of injuries sometimes you limit their minutes some days it falls on a scrimmage day sometimes it doesn't this craziness in the kennel so happened to fall on a on a day off that that it was scheduled for him to have a day off I, i wouldn't read into it too much to be honest with you but if by chance, you know, he isn't there, you know, I would say uh, it's a toss up between Braden Huff and, and Ben Gregg. Um, I think Ben poses, you know, uh, some problems that maybe Braden doesn't. And, and I think a lot of times it's nice to have a curveball off the bench, like a lefty scorer, like what Braden Huff showed in the uh, in the scrimmage. But I think if EK were to not start, I think you would probably see Ben Gregg in that role and Ton. Uh, at the four, like we've talked about, but you know, Adam Morrison and I talked about this the other day. You could even go small, or sorry, you could even go big. Put Anton at the three, and then you could put Ben Gregg at the four, Ek at the five, and then Huff comes in as your first big off the bench. It's it's going to be fun to track and fun to follow to see what Coach Few and staff do. In your first answer, you talked about how a lot of people excited you. So this next question is kind of following up on that a little bit and says that Coach Few usually likes to go about eight deep this year. It looks like you could make an argument for 10 or even everybody get a little bit of time. Your thoughts on that? I mean, that's 
people always get excited about the roster late in summer, early in, in the fall and saying, Hey, we're a deep team. We're going to play 10, 11 and possibly, but the beautiful thing about sports is guys having an opportunity to play them in themselves into a role in a rotation and play themselves out. Now it doesn't mean maybe that nine, 10, 11 guys aren't talented, but maybe they haven't taken advantage of those opportunities. I, I would imagine there's going to be some tinkering with lineups early in the season. If you look back to last year, most people had Efton Reed penciled in above Ben Gregg early in the season. Ben Gregg made the most of some minutes early on, and he took those minutes from Efton Reed and kind of he really solidified himself for the rest of the year. I think you're going to see you know some tinkering with lineups early, uh, but I think at the end of the day, you are going to have an eight ish man lineup i think there might be occasional game you get to nine um you know but you know i i think if history is is any type of reminder it's generally an eight man rotation occasionally stretches to nine but really it would stretch in the other direction and shorten to seven um down the crunch time of the season fair enough Last question we got here is what's the latest on nick kamania the recruit that was at craziness in the kennel yeah, uh, he was the only recruit uh, at Craziness in the Kennel. He was on an official visit. Um, my understanding is uh, it went well, but um, nothing uh, to get too excited away one way or the other. A lot of times some guys want to take as many visits as they can and really kind of get comfortable before they make their decision. Now, uh, the other player that Gonzaga is recruiting out of Southern California, his teammate has set a deadline. Um of Friday, this Friday, the 13th, making a decision. Gonzaga is in the final five for him. Um, he's the point guard for, for uh, Harvard Westlake. Uh, apologize, his name's escaping me right now. I want to say it's Tre Trevor Perry. Uh, maybe we, you can go back and check on this for me after we we finish up. But I believe it's Trevor Perry out of Harvard Westlake, a combo guard um, who can make plays as a scorer, but also as a facilitator. Um, right. He's What's that? Trent. Trent. I knew it started with a T. You're always coming through in the clutch, uh, Christian. I appreciate that. So Trent Perry, I did see, is going to make his decision uh, end of this week. So we'll see. Could be good news for Gonzaga. Um, you know, many times when guys say they're going to make that decision, it might initiate someone to make their decision a little bit earlier. I know being a Northwest program, you want to keep the best Northwest guys in state. Well, Zoom Diallo has been a primary target of theirs for so for some time now. Maybe Zoom Diallo's got a decision to make in the near future. Maybe he decides before Perry. Maybe Perry decides, and now that takes Gonzaga off of the opportunity list for Zoom Diallo. So there's always these these uh, uh, checks and minuses that go along with recruiting um, that are fascinating to watch. Well, now more than ever, there's also always the transfer portal. So that there is guy now, you might get him on the second or third or fourth time around. Uh, somewhat serious, somewhat sarcastic on that. Dan, bonus question for you: What's going on with the broadcast schedule? When and where? And what do you know? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, obviously, if you look at the schedule, you can tell which games are big CBS. The the Kentucky one, you can see some of the games that are already committed to with ESPN or ESPN2, such as the game against USC in Las Vegas, uh, the game against UW. Uh, a couple of them still don't have the final details, uh, namely 
Uh, the UConn, which I believe is trending towards an ESPN2 game. Also, the San Diego State game on this the 29th, I believe, will be an ESPN game. Um, CBS has sports, hasn't announced their uh, Gonzaga games. My understanding is there will be two on the schedule, but got the root schedule for what Gonzaga is going to broadcast. We've got the November 10th against Yale, November 14th, Eastern Oregon, November 28th, Cal State Bakersfield, December 5th, Arkansas Pine Bluff, the 11th, Mississippi Valley State, the 20th, Jackson State, January 4th, the WCC opener at Spokane Arena will be a root broadcast for Gonzaga. January 6th, home game against San Diego. February 17th, home against Pacific are all uh, root games. Now, my understanding is KHQ will also, uh, we will be doing that game November 3rd against Lewis and Clark State. So um, that's the schedule as I've received it. Um, So we're getting close to having everything fully buttoned up. Tip times are have not been announced for those games, but I would imagine as most root games would be 6 p.m. Love it. Absolutely stoked to hear that as of us recording this, we are less than a month away from the first one of those tip-offs. Dan, I'm excited. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and opinions on all of these. And reminder, as always, if you want to get to us for some of these mailbag questions, hit us up at Fan Nation Zags on all the social media. Hit up Dan at Dan Dickow 21 You can search and subscribe to Gonzaga Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.